people who have a micromanager never, ever give their best. What they do is they figure out exactly what the micromanager wants, and then they give only what's necessary to meet the needs of the micromanager. People stop working for the joy of work or to further the vision and the mission of the company. They simply work to meet the scrutiny of the micromanager. Welcome to the Growability Podcast, your home for leadership, management, and marketing education, where we teach business and nonprofit leaders how to flourish in life and work. Today's episode continues with the fourth step of the Growability Model by sharing the three types of managers who will destroy your business. Here are your hosts, Joshua McLeod and Bernie Anderson. How does a manager become a better coach? When I think about managers and the role that managers play in people's lives, it's really, really an important role. And so I thought what we could do is talk through kind of the five steps for every manager to become a better coach. I think this is great. I'm excited about this conversation because it's rare to find a manager who thinks like a coach. So the first step, the first step to become a better coach as a manager, it is don't be a bad manager. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there, there's, there, there are, there's actually, there's three kinds of managers that really do a lot of damage in an organization. And I'd like to talk about those three kinds of managers. The yeah. first one, everybody knows, the first one is the micromanager. So everybody has heard of the micromanager, but there's two other types of managers that do just as much damage as a micromanager in an organization that sometimes people don't think about. So the first is a micromanager. The second is a hero manager. And then the third is a buddy manager. So what is a micromanager? How would you define a micromanager when you yeah. think about what micromanagers do and why micromanagement is really destructive? I've never been micromanaged, but I have worked alongside someone who was a micromanager. He wasn't yeah. my manager. He was the manager of another team. I remember this person being very controlling, very, everything has to be done a certain way and it's my way. And if you use any creativity to do this your way, that's not acceptable because it's got to be done my way because my way is the best way. And there's no possible way that you as an employee would ever have the ability <laughs> to be able to come up with a way to do this that's as good as my way. But here's the thing, those employees asked this question and they asked it of me, which was awkward. Why is it that he doesn't think we know how to do anything ourselves? People that are micromanaged think, I must not be able to do anything. I must yeah. not have any skills or abilities on my own because you're so controlling on how things have to be done. People who have a micromanager never, ever give their best. What they do is they figure out exactly what the micromanager wants, and then they give only what's necessary to meet the needs of the micromanager. People stop working for the joy of work or to further the vision and the mission of the company. They simply work to meet the scrutiny of the micromanager. So micromanagers are very bad. Now, the next type of manager that creates a deficiency in an organization is what I call a hero manager. What a hero manager does is a hero manager never lets anybody fail. With hero managers, everybody likes them. Right. With micromanagers, nobody likes them. 
Hero managers, everybody likes them. Where they're deficient as a manager is because they're so good at everything, they swoop in and fix anything that's about to be broken. I was working with a company and they had a wonderful person. Everybody liked them. They were a hero manager. And I mentioned to the the CEO, I said, do you notice that when hero manager goes out of town or calls off sick, like your entire organization shuts down? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you think that this might be a problem if hero manager goes and gets another job somewhere else because they'll pay better or hero manager, you know, wins the lottery and decides they're not going to come to work anymore? Like, can, can you imagine what would happen if the hero manager exits the building? And so the, the CEO was like, Oh, I can't imagine that's, that's the most terrible thing. And then I followed up with, yeah, so we need to get rid of the hero manager. (laughs) Yeah, right. And and they were like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, if you want, you've got 20 people in your organization and you've got one of them that is fixing 19 other people's problems. Those 19 people are never going to develop because the hero manager is swooping in and fixing every problem that they have. So if you want your organization to thrive, you need to get your hero manager to stop fixing people's problems and start training them better so that they can work better. And I, I think just to clarify this, the difference between a micromanager and a hero manager is the micromanager is waiting for you to fail, whereas the hero manager will never let you fail. And yeah. both of those are unhealthy. That's so. exactly right. So the third type of manager that creates a lot of dysfunction in an organization is what I call a buddy manager. They want everybody to be their buddy. They don't have enough relationships outside of work or outside of the job that are just filling all of the love tank. (laughs) And so they just need work to be the place where all of my relational needs are met at work. And so everybody has to be my buddy. I think every client that I work with is like, well, we want to we want to treat our team and our staff like family. The problem is, have you seen people's families? <laughs> there's the loving part of family, but then there's the challenge of family. Families argue about politics. Families argue about the way that things are done. Now, here's the thing about family. You can't fire your family. If Uncle Fred comes to Thanksgiving dinner and he's saying all those crazy things, I can't just say, oh, hey, Fred, you're fired from, you know, (laughs) our Thanksgiving dinner. At work, sometimes we actually need to be able to fire people because it's not in their best interest and it's not in the organization's best interest to have them in the company. So even if you want to treat everybody like family, sometimes you have to be able to fire somebody. So what a buddy manager does is a buddy manager doesn't hold people accountable to things that a coach would hold them accountable to. If somebody keeps showing up late for work, but you want them to be your friend or somebody's kind of a low performer. So you've got five employees, four of them are able to get like 80 to 100 percent done this one employee, they get like 50% done. So what happens is, is that you want to be their buddy. And so you treat them like, it's okay, we'll cover up for you. You become a hero manager. Then the other four employees, they start having to overwork because that other employee is underworking. And the buddy manager isn't addressing the problem because they want to be the buddy. They just want to be, you know, fun at work. 
we've got to be careful in an organization. We've got to be careful as managers that we're not micromanagers, that we're not hero managers, and that we're not buddy managers. Have you ever seen any buddy managers? Have you ever been? You probably would be a buddy manager. I was about to I, ask you this question before you made this accusation. That's very accurate. I didn't have this terminology or this language, but I also realized at the time I had to fire somebody, this truth that you just talked about you cannot have this group of people be your family because sometimes you have to fire people and you can't fire your family like i had that revelation that was a turning point for me as a manager and realizing okay now i want to i want to love people i don't want to take care of people i want to develop people developing people is not about being your friend all the time yeah so for me my best bad manager uh, is buddy manager. That's the one I would default to. Who Who is your best bad manager, Joshua? Which Which one of these are you the, uh, like yeah. when you're not at your peak, which one of these are you going to default to? You know, I think I'm, I'm cycling through stages. My first like real management position, I was absolutely a micromanager. Like, yeah. what do you mean this didn't get done? Like, what's the matter with you? Like, get this thing done. But then I, I think I, I matured into hero manager where now it was like, oh, yeah, this isn't really good enough for our client. So I'll just fix it all myself and like go and, and make it all work. And now I can send it out. And this is good. What I haven't been, though, is is a buddy manager. I, I think I've hired I was tallying this up like the other year. I've, I've hired like more than 60 people like in my own organizations and, and doing things like that. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've fired about maybe 10. Almost all of the people that I've fired in, like, came back to me a year or two years later and said, thank you so much for really the opportunity you gave me at this organization, the learning that I had. You set a different bar for me. I was on a wrong trajectory. Really, people want to work at organizations that have high standards of excellence and so what we've, we've done is we've kind of created this environment to where everything becomes so political that it's not anymore about whether or not you are a high achieving individual at a high performance organization. It just becomes like, are you not offending anybody and never doing anything? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we've, we've really lost standards of excellence. A standard of excellence is like, what do you have to obtain to be able to be on our team? Yeah. Yeah. So there's some people that can make it to the Olympics. Not many. There's some people that can make it to like the national championships. Not many. There's some people that can make it to the state championships. There's some people that can make it to the the high school championship. There's some people that can make it to varsity. There's some people that can make it to junior varsity. Right. So when I think about what it means to be on our team, your organization has to decide, are we going to the Olympics or are we going to JV? You know, is so there, are we going to give the participation award or are we actually going to try to place a medal? And that's just really the way that I see managers like managers are people you can take and help someone achieve their highest capacity as an individual. If you can help people grow, it's, it's really, really good. Yeah. So that is the first, the first step to being a better coach as a manager is don't be a bad manager. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't be a micromanager. Don't be a hero manager and don't be a buddy manager. Right. I love this framework. So 
uh, we're going to sign off here. We want everyone to remember that you're doing better than you think and you have more potential than you know. And we appreciate all of you growing along with us at GrowAbility. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the GrowAbility podcast. The mission of GrowAbility is to equip leaders to flourish in their life and work by developing vision, rhythm, and community. To discover more ways to flourish in your life and work, visit growability.com and speak with a certified GrowAbility coach. Bernie and Joshua are also available for speaking engagements, workshops, and conferences. Subscribing to this podcast helps GrowAbility equip leaders throughout the world, and we appreciate your support please consider sponsoring an episode or sharing with a friend.